Yes, hi, hey, hello, g'day, and welcome to the Coast Football Ramble Podcast. This week, we look back at our smash and grab points in Unite Rounds. We catch up with the big kahuna, Sean McAuliffe. Sorry, Millicamp, of course, he'll be mad as hell at that. And of course, as always, we answer your questions. <laughs> I'm Pete, and I'm joined by Luke and Morrow. Good evening. What an intro. <laughs> that joke intro. Can you uh, can you believe that was totally unrehearsed? Incredible. It was. Yes. Have a look at the run sheet. It's not even in there. Yeah, what run sheet? <laughs> what talking yeah. about? Don't give away our secrets. <laughs> what secrets? Happy right Wednesday. Before. I've got the day right this week. Can oh, I have a copy of the run sheet? <laughs> <laughs> no, like when run I tried to, not like when I tried to log into it before and it was like access denied. I'm like, right, I've been fired. <laughs> well, have fun uh, on the podcast. That's been us and uh, we'll see you all next time. Bye. <laughs> Who fires the boss? <laughs> <laughs> all right, that's enough. Uh, let's get right into it, as we always do. Fred's back this week with Fred's question after uh, after a week's absence there. Very uh, very handily deputised by Jamie Downs, of course, sir. Fred this week says, thanks, Jamie. Awesome question. Uh, this week I'm back. And uh, Fred says, with the release of Abbasad as academy coach, have we heard of any potential coaches coming in to fill the role? Um, that's potentially breaking News? News? Yeah. Um, we like to break news every now and then. We like it to be mostly positive. <laughs> yeah. but so hypothetically, sure if, 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 if Abbas had been uh, had been moved on. Um, hypothetically, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it would be a very much a shame, I think. Potentially is how I put it. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, yeah. Um, love, that, love Abbas. Fantastic guy. Wish him well wherever he goes. Wish him all, all the success in the world as he deserves as well. Um, very highly regarded by uh, by the players, uh, former players as well, and uh, and um, coaching staff and all the journos that I've spoken to about him as well over the over the last uh, sort of year or so. Uh, I've been absolutely raving about him. Um, but um, strange timing. Five weeks before the kickoff of the MPL. Not. I don't like deal. No. Don't like that. No. Not for um, me. A lot of changes in the academy, which I feel like should probably handball to you, Pete, more than me because you'll be more across it, but lots of players as well moving yeah, on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, most of the squad's sort of been moved on. Unfortunately, uh, Maxim Kasalovic was the uh, the latest victim there. Good player. Fantastic, fantastic young player, and I hope he uh, I hope he goes and kicks on uh, wherever he ends up. Um, not sure where, where he's off to, but he was released, unfortunately, uh, in the week of the Wanderers game, week leading up to the Wanderers game. Great player, great great, uh, great person, great family as well. Um, but, uh, yeah, going into it with a very... Uh, very young side. Um, I mean, it's a young side as it is. Uh, we're required to stay under 23, but yeah, apparently we're going in with essentially two under 20 squads this year. What's Luke Wilkshire doing? <laughs> mm. uh, I think he's uh, head of uh, head of football or direct TD at, uh, at Wollongong again now. Did you want to do like a six-week stint last time? <laughs> this time it lasted a bit longer than what he did. <laughs> Polish up those white boots. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, yeah. Big, big year though for the academy there, right? Like... Mm. We've, we've, you know, we had Monty and Sergio who had a really good track record of, you know, sort of bringing through some players from the academy and, and a lot's obviously changed uh, off field with staff and new coaches and new assistants and now new coach in the academy mm. who will be question mark. Yeah, I, I um, legitimately haven't heard anything. Really yeah, important decision though right now mm. because we have, you know, shown the competition how to, you know, support your your first team mm. with your academy so the last thing we need is for our production line that we've been referring to as such to dry up to start to dry up or even st 
you know, stutter in any mm. way because mm. at any given moment we might be wanting to blood a new academy product purely because that's who we are and we're, you know, not out there already pre-purchasing a new market, Marco Tulio. <laughs> Um, with the Tulio off the shelf millions, exactly. <laughs> so, so yeah, we've got to make it work, and uh, so that the, I suppose there's two parts to that. That puts whoever comes in under great pressure to you know hit the ground running. Mm. Same a month, thing. a month before the season starts. Exactly, S- similar to what we did with the A League coach. So mm. that's fair. Mm. Um, and on the other hand, if we've sort of cleared the decks, mm. then it puts us in the position where that person's got ultimate control and will will be responsible for whatever the outcome is. So. Yeah, well, I mean, uh, they gave Abbas obviously nearly an entire preseason, um, and and he sort of built the squad and, and things like that. And they were getting a couple of results in preseason as well—a draw against Blacktown, and uh, uh, I think it was a draw or maybe a very very uh, tight loss to Sydney United as well in preseason. You know, two big clubs. Timing, as you say, is, is bizarre. Yeah, strange one. Mm. Um, I don't know. Maybe, I, I don't know. Maybe maybe Jacko's got um, got a couple of ideas as to who he wants to bring in of course he's super experienced himself in the youth development sort of sphere so I'm maybe Jacko wants to do an Arnie coach coach both do <laughs> the first team do the young soccer brews surely do, do not <laughs> imagine <laughs> apparently he's putting in way too many hours as it is with the first team yeah so. from what we're hearing yeah, yeah. yeah. So, but yeah no you're right Most big big year for the academy because I mean every interview that we hear from Mark as well is that you know obviously we'll look at overseas and other mm. players in the league and that but we, we ideally want to go here first in the academy because that's what our dna is yep that's the ammo but a lot of changes a lot of turnover on the field and off the field it seems like so it'll be a very interesting month or so to see what happens conversely i'm excited to see a not only who we bring in but b who we've actually bought in in terms of the playing stocks there because uh i uh, i have no idea uh what mm. the squad list is at the moment so i'd love to love to um yeah, see what that's looking like, and I'm I'm looking forward to round one uh, in uh, in yeah about four weeks time. Yeah, now. and the word was with Monty and Sergio, we we had this very advanced MPL scouting network. Mm. Is that still relevant, Couldn't, given that they're not here? Yeah, maybe not. I don't. I don't. Know. Maybe we're about to find out. I, think, I, I feel think like we are. Yeah, yeah. when we get that squad list, then we might start to see that. Um, mm. Or maybe we're going to wait. Or maybe we're going to see that, and not that be that excited, and have to wait and see what it is that is actually delivered when season starts. You know, so I mean, similar situation to the A League now as well. You have got to give it a few weeks for the new coach to bet in and uh, and go from there. But yeah, interesting. We like to do academy changes at strange times, don't we? <laughs> mm. it's, this is the way. You're listening to the Coast Football Ramble Podcast. Look at this. Look at this. Look at it. 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 Looking back to the weekend, that was, of course, uh, your night round Saturday Arvo in the baking hot sun at Allianz Stadium. Uh, smash and grab point, fellas. Your Mariners won. Melbourne victory won. Are we all feeling united? <laughs> Anything but United to be by honest, football. Mate. Was that what was on the big screen? Is football United? in Australia United at the moment. I don't think so. I mean, the fact that there was you know a whole, a whole bunch of Melbourne ultras uh, doing laps of the stadium, looking for anyone to fight, also trying to steal the yellow army banner, the, the Cove stealing the red army banner. Um, As you said, capture, capture the, the flag. flag. <laughs> <laughs> They should put that as an extra round that counts to points next season. <laughs> a fan base capture the flag in the stadium would be incredible. There you go. That's the new APL uh, no rule change security. that's coming. That's the 47th uh, tiebreaker on the 47th table. 47th tiebreaker. Oh, that would be great. I'm I mean, who that. could have seen that coming? 
Yeah, right. Every active group in the same city, four in the same stadium yep. within two hours of each other. A complete fuck up at the live site as well, but not in the way that I thought it was going to be. Yeah, what happened with that? Apparently um, the... It uh, rained and they couldn't change the channel or some yeah, weird that, excuse. That was the APL's excuse that uh, because of uh, a storm in Sydney, they couldn't change the channel at, uh, at the live site that they'd set up in Moore Park. So they had to send everyone else down the road to a different pub. The only reason that other pub had stayed open, because they normally close at uh, 10 or 10.30 or something, uh, was because they'd seen the chaos on Instagram and said, oh, shit, maybe we'll stay open. We mm. might get some business Opportunity. Yeah. <laughs> $14 schooners. <laughs> Anyone? <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, what is this, the mercantile? Or? They would have been needed by that time, surely. <laughs> surely. After but, a long day on the turfs. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, we can probably get to the overall Unite round later mm. but mm. Like the game was relatively average overall it, disjointed flat mm. was uh slow start yeah and it was Hot. and it was warm yeah oh, wasn't it she was cooking yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's been disgusting the weather lately which did not help things but no. um definitely did not help with the quality of the football that was on display mm. um not our best performance by a long way not the victory's best performance um draw Overall, didn't look like two up. sides that that had been unbeaten in in nine and and twelve or whatever it is respectively, yeah. right? Yeah. Or did it? Because there was this caginess about it that made me feel like, dare I say it, at the wrong time in the season, um, some competition heavyweights were facing each other. Yeah, yeah. Are we heavyweights now? Because I know <laughs> last week we were growing on your heavyweight scale. Well, were we officially there? I, I haven't I haven't proclaimed it yet, but okay. I'm just testing. Moz is still not ready to say we're back. Well, I don't know if we're back. I'm just – but that's what it looked like to me was that, that um, Victory were up for making sure that they weren't going to get kicked by us. Yeah. And we were the same. There was a lot of fouls. In the it first was time. so foul. Yeah, Azani, <laughs> oh, so how many times on Faz? Smashing up six, Faz. six times in the first half or something. How Forty-seven free kicks. Gets a full-on dressing down by the referee. Still doesn't get a cut. Yeah, yeah. I was, I was actually standing next to Faz's old man for ninety-five percent of the game, and he was is just like we're looking at each other in disbelief. Right? He's, yeah. You know, we counted one, two, three, four, five, six, and then finally, uh, who was the ref? It was. Um, Whoever it was, anyway, um, you know, he gives, yeah, as you say, gives him a dressing down, counts off one, two, three, four, five, six on his hand, and goes, no more. Fucking, is that six is the limit? Is it? Well, uh, apparently, it's These for days. him, for Ben, Ben, whatever his name, Abrams, is. Abrams, was yeah. it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. yeah the one that yeah. works at IPSM. It was very weird though. Like on the way, <laughs> he does. <laughs> he does too. He does. <laughs> on the way, on the way off the like uh, the last foul or one of the, I guess it was right on half time when. He goes for a header that Faz clears. Yeah. And he takes Faz out. He's never getting the header. And that might have been when he got the yellow card, was it? Or did he get called over for a warning? Well, on the way off, he's reliving the header. You could actually see him going through the motions of doing the header again, like <laughs> rethinking whether or not he should be a foul. He was chipping in the ear of Abrahams all the way off the the pitch. So but I don't know how because yeah. He's so Faz just played too. smart. Yeah. He was he was probably one of the one of their best players on the day in fairness uh, persistent failing aside. True. Um but still not great and still so overhyped. And I've seen people saying off the back of this performance, oh we 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 really could have used him over in Qatar for the Asian Cup and stuff. We predicted this last week, right? He puts in one half decent shift. And everyone, all of a sudden, it start, starts going, oh, why isn't he in the soccer room? I don't claim shit. I don't claim to be the most knowledgeable <laughs> football uh, fan going, but these people have got rocks in their head, surely. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> like, 
Uh, and then he gets man of the match. For what? A couple of shots that were off target? For managing the fit in Straight at the pocket, keeper. I guess. You know. To just getting the penalty. A whole heap of fouls. Yeah. And I mean, and it's a, f- a few mistakes, I think, unfortunately, in the lead up to the penalty. And it I, is. It, it unfortunately starts and ends with uh, Dan. I think there's the pass out to Faz, which was slightly overhit. Yeah. And I, I saw a few people saying, oh, Faz gave the ball away, which, yeah. But there was also a pretty dodgy pass. From Dan, Dan's probably got to go there. right instead of going left. Yeah. Then. Right. And then just a, just a bit of a miss, miss, you know, communication there in the midfield with Maxi and someone, someone's just got to go for it. Yeah. But, See, Faz, Faz, as you say, gives the ball away, mm. um, but then tries tries his ass off to, to try and make the recovering tackle. Now, I think Maxi pulls out of it because of the deflection from Faz, I think it takes it away a bit from Maxi. That's fair. Yeah, that probably is I've, I've watched it back, admittedly, after 20 schooners um, <laughs> after the game. So it wasn't necessarily the ball that was bending, but possibly <laughs> your mind that was bending. I'm seeing double here, four balls. Yeah, fair enough. Yep. <laughs> multi-ball. Very, be- very bendy. <laughs> it was a bit early for multi-ball, but, very you know, right. yeah, it was on. Um, yeah, we, we were, it was a group of us sort of rewinding and, and re-watching it sort of over and over again going, oh, yep, 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 no, I think he gets a touch, so... Yeah, I think that's maybe why Maxi pulled – only he could tell you, I guess, and I haven't, yeah. I haven't asked. And, I mean, an a unfortunate moment for Dan, who's been so good. Yeah, it's, um, just, it's a bit clumsy, isn't it? Just a bit clumsy. Yeah, and just, a little bit unlucky because he can't know how close he is. Mm. Like, he's just facing the wrong direction. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. Just a big old swing and a miss. Call. Yeah. Yeah. Big old swing and a miss. It's unfortunate. And, you know, the, the pen's well taken. Still not good enough to get him into the Socceroos, though, so <laughs> stop even suggesting it. It wasn't a Marco Tullio pen. <laughs> no, boring. Exactly. Do a weird step up. Start a step or, or, or a yeah, Penenka like, or something. Yeah, do something cool. Yeah. Also, send the kick the wrong way. Rabona? <laughs> yeah, I thought, I thought Vuka was um, Vuka was close to getting it. This is he something was. else that, that Mick and I spoke about actually uh, at the game was Vuka's technique for this one. He he takes a little jump just before the, um, the kick's taken, right? Goalkeeping 101. Don't jump Don't like do that, that because it makes it half a second, a fraction of a second slower. Waiting to, to land to get to it. Yeah, exactly right. You can't push off as explosively as you could. So it's it's all about taking little steps, right? Being on your toes and taking little steps one by one. Um, so I think if he doesn't set himself, maybe he gets there. So so I, does he yell at himself in the goalkeeper review? Or <laughs> possibly. How does he do that? He meets with himself and discusses it. Watches the video discusses it a bit more and then rates himself. Yeah. Uh, see, <laughs> he, he, here's me critiquing the goalkeeping coach, you know, this guy who's played for the Socceroos. He's played over in Europe for the best part of a decade. And here's me who's played at the dizzying heights of Central Coast football reserve grade. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Shut up, Pete. Someone's got to do it. Yeah. May as well be us morons. Yeah. <laughs> that's probably the nicest thing anyone's called me today, actually. Thanks. That, that's all right. I'll do what I can. Um, but, yeah, it was, it, was, it was just a weird game. I mean, if even after the penalty, it didn't really change too much. It didn't really open it up that much. No. We we definitely struggled to create anything. And I think we absolutely missed Niz being higher up, mm. um, having him back in that sort of yeah defensive, more defensive position with Maxi is obviously fine because he's also fantastic there, as we know. Mm. But it was pretty clear what we were missing in that final third as well. You know, we obviously had a few changes in that starting eleven as well. No Tappy, unfortunately, who yeah, failed that, that was late a fitness test. That was that, that's a big out, yeah. big out from the way he sort of played the last couple of weeks. Mm, mm. Um, Should be good for this week, hopefully. Just fingers a, crossed. Bit of a bit of a slight knock to the to the knee um, yeah. in the Wanderers game, but nothing nothing too serious. So he's back in back in full training, um, and good. yeah, 
just robbed us of having that tight back end while we could let Nears free to go, you know, change the game. So Yeah, yeah. and, I, you know, it's a lot of people are talking about it, but, you know, I think Will Wilson, I just – I want him to come good, mm. but I just don't know if it's going to happen. And it just – so far, looks so bereft of confidence, right? So far, just hasn't worked. Mm. Just, just looks unsure all the time, and that I think you could definitely see the drop in quality when we had him in there from this. It, mm. It's clear, and um, so yeah, that that obviously hurt us. And thoughts on Thea Harris because I feel like I keep getting, I keep maybe being harsh on him, but thoughts in general, please, and then I will rant or something after that, maybe. <laughs> oh, actually, just because I knew you would ask this, then I paid special attention to, attention to Thea Harris in the game. And you're right. He's, he looks like he – it's not so much that I think there's anything about the way he's playing the game that I am not comfortable with. It's more that I feel that he would probably be a better player if he was lighter. And so that aspect of, of his, you know, preparation is in question. Having said that, he was I, – I couldn't really fault – anything specific in the game that related to his fitness or his ability mm. to stay with play, um, his tenacity. Uh, so I felt he was, he was, he, yeah, I felt he was okay. I, like you, I felt that Wilson just showed no confidence in this game and um, the few times he, you know, looked like he might have a shot, then he just didn't really have much there. So I'm a bit worried about that. But, um, but I think, we're going to persevere longer than anybody with these players because that's who we are. Mm. And so, we've obviously re-signed Theo Harris, so we don't really have an option unless he goes somewhere else. So I'm not yet still in your camp of um, he, he should have been leaving. but um, Yeah, I don't know if I was firmly in, in there. It was just on my watch list. Had more completed dribbles than Hazani uh, did, the, did our Theo, actually. Yeah, but right. nothing effective. Yeah. But to be fair... No, that's, there, there, that's, there was, that's the key point, I think. Yeah. I think he's, he's a player that constantly looks like he's about to do something really good mm. and impactful, mm. and then the end product just does not yeah. appear. Mm. Do we think that he was made play a little bit narrower than in some of the previous games? I, I uh, think he just had that natural tendency to sort of drift inside because he wants it on his left foot, right? I feel like that hurt him because he just... And that's the thing, is he too one-footed? Or should he be on the left? Mm, I think Torres on the right. Yeah, yeah but then that. Yeah, <laughs> I think it's the same, same problem, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah, true. Either way, he's got to be wide because there's not enough space in the channel mm. for him to be able to use those skills in the way that, like, you really want him to be at the edge of the box on one of the two sides with the player in front of him. He's running at. If you can't get in that position ever, then th- those elusive skills are pointless. Yeah, I think I think we actually saw a lot less, I guess, stepovers from him in this one as well. That's true. Um, he, he seemed to want to drive more inside and just drive directly at his players. Um, I want a stepover stat tracker. A stepover stat tracker. How do we get that in the official stats? <laughs> <laughs> By player. Uh, let's, um, we need a few rating systems. Uh, we I also know, need I a shithousery rating. Shithousery rating system. Faz was yes, high on please. in this game. <laughs> yeah. Don't just worry about Anzani. Was... What about Miranda? <laughs> <laughs> he, he was sick of it as well. <laughs> and the old... Harris was in the play, like uh, when Arzani was laying on the ground like a beached whale, then <laughs> Thea Harris goes over there and picks up something that he'd left on the pitch and just drops it on his gut. <laughs> That's so good. That's so good. I love that stuff. Yeah, deserved. 
that's that's worth a two year contract extension. Well deserved. Exactly. Absolutely. I appreciate it. Mean, the the Faz flop. I mean, that's just quality, right? <laughs> <laughs> Biggest one on every occasion, on every occasion. Faz was touched. Mm. I agree. Yeah, mm. absolutely. Just. I think, no, he, <laughs> he, he, he was. He was. Yeah. yeah. No he gives them an ex- they, they keep on giving him he, an he excuse to go position. down. Yeah, he gets body yeah. position there. They they touch yeah. him, and you know you can't go through the back of a player. So. Yeah. yeah. And Miranda, uh, he was amusing in the game because uh, he both times that he was burned by Faz, he was burned pretty badly, and he on both occasions lied to the ref. Just straight out lied. <laughs> oh, I got I got the ball. He says, <laughs> "Mate, you were nowhere near the ball." <laughs> You and the ball never met. <laughs> uh, yeah, just on on, on Theo. Yeah, I'm not disappointed with his performance. It was you know it was a pro, it was, it was pretty average. There's nothing bad to say about it. Is there room for rust? Because hasn't yeah, yeah, definitely it didn't look match fit. Yeah, I hasn't think. had enough starts recently, and I'd say the same about Wilson. Is mm. there room for a bit of rust there? Mm. Uh, uh, gen- generally, can't question Theo's fitness. He's played essentially 90 minutes there, got through it fine, still had energy towards the end, um, maybe could have come off 10 minutes earlier in fairness. Mm. Um, but, yeah, nothing nothing negative to say about his performance at all. No, and he is strong and he is tough he is. and he'll hurt you. Um, so that's the other side of could, th- he be, could he be lighter and his skills might be more elusive, he might have a bit more pace maybe, but would he be as strong? And I quite like some of that strength game that he plays actually. So I think I, I back him to come good. Actually, I'll back him to get his, to recapture some of that form that we saw of him under Monty. I feel like second half they came at us like a fucking house on fire for the first few minutes. Why do we always do this at halftime? Do we do we sort of have a nap at <laughs> halftime in a lot of games? Or I always feel like in the second half we always get under the pump for sort of five or ten minutes. But once we get through that sort of storm where the you know the the uh, the ship kind of settles and mm. we're okay because I, I felt relatively comfortable for most of the second half that we were going to get back into it back to in, some yeah. degree and the subs were going to make a difference, which I think they did. Mm. Um, for Windsor Halls was was okay when he come on. Gave some good energy. First sort of actual decent minutes for him. Yeah, first time we've a while. Him. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, he's, he's another one though in the similar vein to Wilson and to Thea Harris. It's it's like, is is this is this his home? I don't know. I'm, I'm still obviously need to see more. Needs needs to needs to get more minutes, but he's mm. essentially third in you know the pecking order almost in that well, striking yeah, or he, number nine yeah, position is, or whatever. Yeah. Um, and you know I thought Allo was was a bit bit indifferent this game. Threw himself around. Had had a couple of half chances in the first half. Had the one which oh the storm put across. Looking at it, fantastic ball by storm. What a ball um, in behind. I think it bobbles as it reaches him. Yeah, I potentially may have been offside looking mm. at it mm. on the replay. But oh, you know I, it's getting I, called back. <laughs> I want to give him the benefit of the, of the doubt, but I feel like that's his bread and butter. Yep. Like we said last week about you know sort of uh, Jing missing the chance against the Wanderers. I feel like that's a Lowe's bread and butter. That mm. sort of goal. So mm. those those sorts of ones, he's got to be putting them away for me. It's a tough chance, but you got to score. Yeah, he's he's all alone. Anywhere, yeah. anywhere within the range of the goals that isn't the keeper, and he scores. Mm. Um, but yeah, you might be right. Pete might have been a bubble there, but just getting onto it was was worth it. And um, and yeah, the storm ball. Yeah, mm. can't emphasise that enough, really. Mm. But yeah, Alo's sort of performance was was a bit more from what I think we saw in the first couple of games. Was just just a bit. Don't know. He's not. 
making too many runs or like are we not really finding him? Was I think Niz, we weren't finding Niz, him. He's yeah. not being higher up in that position maybe sort of affected his performance a bit. Um, but, you know, once again though, Jing, Jing sort of comes on, like I said last week, like the energy that he brings, the, that threat he brings both in the air, in behind. Um, and, I mean, we saw that perfectly for the goal. Oh, absolutely. What a ball from Maxi. Maxi. Oh, beautiful timing. Stop it, but don't actually stop it. Keep it going. Niz who? Um. Niz who? Hey? <laughs> how, how good, though, to see, see Maxi actually pick up the ball deep and drive. Chavi Bala. Because he can do it. Oh, yeah, yeah. Just draw it. Yeah, carries it forward. And he flips He probably field. doesn't do it enough, to be honest. Oh, you reckon? I don't know. We see it so often with the Maxi turn that he that he does, you know, yeah. take five or six I'm, touches, drives I mean, forward a bit. Really picking up the ball and, and looking for that attack splitting pass. Yeah. Like he did oh, on the weekend. Yeah, that's fair. Like, <laughs> when was his last assist? Has he got an assist before? Uh, well, that would be I would maybe say yes. second this season, maybe. I think. Yeah. yeah. He doesn't, he doesn't, he gets a lot of secondary assists, your favourite start. Love it. Um, but um, Love not, it. not too many. Um, uh, primary assists but yeah the the absolutely perfect ball and the perfect run from jing doesn't take a touch to sort of really put him off uses the pace on the ball mm. is perfectly weighted fantastic touch to take him around his own what's the garlic diane <laughs> well he's got he's got to come out there because he's got to do something yeah, yeah. he does because otherwise he's in on him yeah um yep. i don't even know how he sees the ball or how Jing can call the ball because Ben Abraham's threatened to get in the road <laughs> and, and, and genuinely nearly touched it. And if he does touch it, then that, that's coming back oh. for a drop ball. So <laughs> he gets a little bit lucky there, Maxie, but it's a perfect ball. Perfect. There's no, there's no luck, mate. You can't teach that. That is pure just yeah. chef's kiss. Yeah. Oh. yeah. And, and Jing, just great anticipation. Um, did the right thing by going around the keeper when the keeper's come that far. So sorry about that, Izzo. Not <laughs> Sol's not Sol's. <laughs> sorry, not sorry. And then he hits the Sue. 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 Rate it. That's right. But yeah. puts more pressure on LO. It does. I think for that starting spot. Mm. Oh, and it's good to have two two strikers fighting it out, right? That's what you want. You want competition for places. And and uh, and with um, Dylan Wenzel Hall's getting minutes there as well and coming on looking busy. Didn't I mean? Didn't really do too much of note but gave that energy that we I think was sort of lacking at that point in the game yeah yeah I think that that first half first sort of 60 minutes or so was was flat flat yeah which I think was the both teams it was just the conditions it was everything else but mm. um yeah good good to snag a point score late Break some hearts. And have the Cove celebrating. The Cove celebrating. At, at that end as well where we <laughs> score. <laughs> it's a kind of uh, bizarro Jerry moment, right? It like, was, was very odd, but <laughs> we will take any support we can get. Um, maybe maybe we can get him to Central Coast Stadium on some on some cheap uh, tickets just to bump up the crowds or something. No, thanks. <laughs> no? <laughs> no? Can we hire a fan? <laughs> yeah, rent a crowd, 100%. Rent a crowd? Yeah, we, uh, yeah. and we had, them, we had them going there. And, um, yeah, security were worried that there were going to be some some issues apparently because um, the Cove started chanting along with us um, and they, they thought that we were going to riot between ourselves, like us and the Cove. We're like, no, no, no it's like the blood and the Crips we, thing. We, yeah, we, the... we just all hate Vuck. <laughs> <laughs> United by our enemies. Yeah, <laughs> we are united by hate. I mean, yeah. in fairness, I actually hate Sydney more than I hate Vuck. But yeah, same. Yeah. <laughs> but they don't have to know that at the Absolutely. time. Absolutely. No, that's right. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, good result in the end. Fourth, baby. Fourth? Flying high. Flying up the table. I'd say deservedly so. Uh, definitely. I mean, we're unbeaten in what, 10? Sure. Yes. I think it's 10 in all competitions. Yep. 
That probably is true. I'll um, run with that. But just, very yeah. tight though. Also, so you know, tight. it's it's what four teams on eighteen points. I'm not looking, yeah. so tell me if I'm Brisbane, wrong. Brisbane, Brisbane pick up a win. Who are in eighth and they jump nearly half the bloody table. So it's it's one loss at the moment or whatever can send us the other way, depending on other results. But good that we keep on picking them up. Good that we keep on you know picking up good results against the teams above us. Mm. Obviously beating the Wanderers, getting that. Uh, you know, point against the victory. And like I said last week, I think don't think the gap is that big between no. the best yeah. of what is up there and us at our best, if there is a gap. No, I don't think there are. We're, I mean, and that, that's sort of evidenced on the table, right? We're only three mm. points behind Wanderers. We're only six points off uh, off top. So, yep. um, again, that, that slow start, sort of, which we did expect, um, probably didn't expect to be 0-4, but, yep. you know, we get two draws there and we're only a point behind Wanderers for example so it's all coming up Millhouse. Yeah and you know I mean first game without Tulio was was obviously going to be a bit rusty potentially. I think that sort and of plays a part in the players minds as well maybe. Yeah I think so mm. and and then I think the rest of this month is is very important for how we cope without Tulio to see who steps up who's going to be our outlet because you know someone like a Torres who who wants to be that replacement essentially for Tulio, for Tulio and for what you know he brought he sort of had a bit of a indifferent game on he, the weekend he, as well yeah he, he was quite I, I, I will, take, in I will take the blame for that having captained him in my fantasy team That's, oh it's you okay <laughs> yes I'll take share of the blame for doing the same thing I'll, I'll cop that but <laughs> I think um, I think also, Nizzy, and I know we keep coming back to it, but that just shows how good he's been in this 10 role. Nizzy playing deeper this weekend. He He's developed a really underrated link up with Torres yep. since he started playing at 10, I think. There's, there's all these, you might not notice it as much, but, you know, the little step over, um, letting the ball run onto Torres when the ball's coming across from the right, for example, knowing where Torres is going to be, being able to find him with, you know, those defence splitting passes as well. Um I think yeah, maybe maybe that's played a part in, in Torres's quietness this week, Pat. Yeah, yeah, big uh, big January I think to get that sort of yeah sorted with how we do life without Tulio and, and I think um, we'll be okay. I think we'll be alright. I think we'll be yeah. alright. Well, where we have really started to press the button recently is in defending. We are great defenders. How good is our back four? Exactly, and and, and they were we're great again on the weekend. We didn't get it on the weekend, but we kept this tight, mm. and we were unlucky to concede the penalty. And the, we didn't really give away that many opportunities to the victory, who are you know flying out in front. Mm. So, so yeah, I feel like that's that's holding us in good stead now, and will hold us in good stead while we work out where the you know, you know goals are coming from. Mm. And I think that does have an impact on the flair players like Torres when you have a really tight compressed game like this was then it's really hard for them to break the game so to speak so i mean that's when you rely on them the most to do it but at the same time melbourne victory weren't able to do it either so yeah caltech was huge absolutely immense he was um faz again and uh, no faz and caltech were three and two in my three two ones right um and maxi maxi ballard Actually, might have got the two, and Caltech got one. But yeah, Caltech huge, Storm Roo, brilliant again. So, are you uh, trying to prime me for a rant? Go for God! You don't need any priming, mate. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I was just just a momentary rant because it was a moment um, in an offside play by Victory mm. where um, Caltech cops a kick from I don't know one of the crappy players from Mexico, and uh, <laughs> and and he he. Um, 
goes down, is injured, etc. But this was clearly offside, and the, the lines person was in a perfect position to see this offside, and just just ranting there about the fact that um, the lack of lines people calling offsides that aren't close mm. means that that can have an impact on players getting injured, changes the decisions that you end up getting because we play on when we probably shouldn't have. Mm. Yeah, when it's Red not when over. it's not close, it's it's no. I don't get it. Well, when, when it's, it's tight, at least sure. half a meter. This one, this one's not like you know the low one mm. where this was close. Um, yeah, so rant over, but um, <laughs> just a mini rant, a mild just a, rant, just a like. reminder that VAR shit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the system that is the process. And calling into the show this week, of course, we have the man himself. It is Sean Millicam crossing to you live from Leichhardt Oval. Sean, how are you, mate? Yeah, going well. A bit wet, but uh, but yeah, here and wherever to go. On the series things, Sean, what's happening with our APL? We, we're hoping that you can enlighten us about the um, events of this week and, and what we think about it from a Mariners perspective anyway. Yeah, look, I, I think... Um, you know, it's it's obviously very tough, and there's a lot of good people who've been in the game that have that have lost their jobs, and 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 you know that's that's tragic for those guys. Um, however, I suppose in some aspects, you know, from us as a club, it's a little bit of about time. You know, I think we've been pulling our hair out, watching how much money has been getting spent on things that we haven't felt have been productive. Um, you know, the the keep up app has um, has, has long been a, a series of criticism, and for the amount of investment and staff and personnel that went into it it just wasn't you know driving revenues or you know um, good good things for the game so so really we were quite critical of it and you know we're a club that is used to you know cutting a cloth and living within our means and and we think that this is just a uh, yeah a, a moment in time for them to clean it up and reset so that the long-term future of the league is a bit more stable and protected than uh, than the reckless spending that they were doing so um, so I've got to say, you know, as hard as it is uh, for, for so many good people to have lost their jobs, when you hear that, you know, there's there's nearly 100 staff working there at APL, you know, and I think the Scottish Premier League runs off 20, um, you know, you, you sort of look at these things and you go, what is going on? So so I think it was about, uh, from what we can tell, there's about 40 people uh, have been let go over the last uh, couple of days. And so we probably should think of that a little bit, your response, as, as good news because uh, obviously we want our A-League in the future. So it doesn't sound like it's dire enough for you to have concerns about the future of the league. It's, it's more just, uh, in fact, it's the opposite of that, that this could be a, a moment uh, in time that is an improvement for the league or can be. Yeah, that's right. We were more worried if they didn't make these decisions. Yeah, for sure. So, um, again, you know, it's hard, but, um, you know, the, the league was headed down a path um, that um, that uh, looks very rosy in strategy, um, but the re- reality of costs and you know, returns and revenues were, were very different. So, I suppose from us and our perspective, I know not all the clubs feel the same way, but uh, but we're, we're we're kind of glad that there's a bit of rationale uh, coming together now. So, I guess from from the outside looking in, it was sort of a bit like, well, everything's sort of falling apart. So, what does that mean for us, or how are we looking? So, I guess at this almost halfway point of the season for us off the field, how are things from your perspective? Oh yeah, yeah. You know, I think um, you know, there's there's a lot of um, there's a lot of confidence, a lot of somewhat relief that what we were seeing and believing 
uh, in all our coaching staff, um, you know, is coming together. I think everyone's uh, really proud of, of both teams and, and what they've been able to put on the park. And maybe at the start of the season, we hadn't seen that. And 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 off field kind of similar. You know, our crowds are our crowds are decent. A great New Year's Eve, um, you know, crowd that was there. We've got new sponsors that that were you know uh, first um, time with the club. So giving them their first Mariners experiences has, has been exciting. And um, and yeah, I think we're. We're we're in a good place, you know. It's um, yeah, we've moved offices. We're down on the ground floor. We've got a shop, you know. You know, so we're we've definitely gone. We're, we're in this growth phase at the moment. So uh, hopefully the wave continues to ride for for quite a quite a period of time. So from a from a women's uh, team perspective, which obviously is well uh, well timed because that's where you are now. Um, I guess the question is is you know was would it sort of be a burden financially on the club? Um, you know, sort of having a women's team and also playing the game standalone at the stadium is that sort of something moving forward that we that we will sort of uh, continue to do? Yeah, look, you know, it 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 is a bold, ambitious move led by myself. I, you know, I'm the one who's got to you know sort of look yeah uh, you know, the board in the eye and 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 justify why. Um, yeah, we're we, we're taking this this path. I believe in women's football. I believe in our our team, and I believe that. Yeah, they should be given the same opportunities that the men do, uh, and and playing at the stadium is a point of difference and an advantage that we have. Uh, I think our home ground advantage is starting to come through. Uh, yeah, there is some costs that are there, but the sponsorship that has got behind it, uh, who has bought into to what we've been selling, uh, is uh, has been phenomenal, and um, and has and has meant that the girls are at the moment projecting to not be a burden financially on the club, um, and so so hopefully you know we can continue to run the women's game as a business. Um, you know, and one that uh, that drives attendance. You know, 2,700 at the Sydney FC game was a good good indicator that there's some longevity in this. And if we can keep growing our membership base, you know, keep growing our our engagement with with female football players on the coast, um, to, for us to grow, we we need to get this to work. And uh, and yeah, you know, there may be a day that 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 you know we have to make hard decisions and 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 play games at Plume Park or something like that, but that's more cost effective. But for the moment, the plan is. Let's see if we can make this work, and and the sponsorship support around the women's team has been has been really the key thing that's underpinned it. And so, uh, just a slightly different question, same angle though, Sean. What about the AFC Cup? What kind of impact is that having on our financial state and you know, general yeah, well-being? So so far, it's it's a it's a noose. Uh, that's a that's a heavy lift uh, for sure. So uh, and also a real drain on the uh, on the playing squad. Um, you know, for the amount of travel that they've had to do, the cost to, uh, as an example, go to Philippines, airfares alone, $75,000 ended up getting spent on, on airfares to, to get to Philippines, which sounds, you know, ridiculous, but the time of year that we had to go in the festive season, um, you know, the cost of flights to, to get them in and out. Uh, I think everybody heard that we had some uh, horrendous flights um, yeah, in and out of Bali, um, and that's because we were a bit more cost-minded on that, and we made the decision that, you know, for Philippines, we're not going to do that again. But they're, they're big numbers, right? And so, so right now it hurts, um, you know. But uh, but if we win uh, two more games, uh, this looks very very different. So mm. so you know the fact that um, the fact that if we can win the next game, we get a travel subsidy to go to Macarthur, and Macarthur have to pay for our buses. Uh, financially, <laughs> fantastic. Um, you know, they're the rules. So it's not my decision. It's the rules. You know, we'll yep. say that. The home team has to pay for the transport of the away team, and the away team gets—I um, think it's public knowledge. I think it's sixty thousand 
US dollars to travel to MacArthur. Yep. Well, surely um, each individual player is going in a limo. <laughs> <laughs> surely we can afford to take North Connect then. <laughs> Does that include so, the supporter buses? Can we have <laughs> first class? <laughs> and then, uh, and then, yeah, the other exciting part is the um, if we if we were to get to MacArthur and we were to beat MacArthur, then there's prize money. Then there's prize money yeah. and and, uh, and and a trip to India on the back of that uh, becomes really exciting. So. So today it hurts. Hopefully tomorrow it gets closer to a break-even, but no doubt, you know, um, yeah, it's a it's, it's an expenditure for the club. We'll get off the your case about costs soon, but um, <laughs> and all of that sort of thing. But uh, what, how does is, is those uh, sort of responses? How's Rich feeling about the targets that he set for himself? Crowds, etc., that kind of thing. We've had some big crowds, some other smaller crowds, bit of mixed. Um, action there in the crowd stakes is he feeling good about the you know i think he's told us eight thousand average at eight league games we can't be that far off that um how's he feeling Look, he, he's, he's he's feeling good about the club he's feeling good about the progress feeling good about the football but it's still very very clear that there is a long way for us to go uh and we are by no means anywhere near um near where we need to be um so so yeah there's a there's a lot of a lot of work to be done, um, and, and we still need everybody to get right behind it. So, yes, can see progress. Yes, can see things lifting, but um, still a long way to go. I suppose the best way to describe it. How are we feeling about uh, about Unite round? Uh, obviously, the, uh, the 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 additional round that was brought in a week before the season kicked off by the APL uh, that's just concluded uh, in Sydney over the weekend. Yeah, look, Unite round is um, is one that I think long term will be will be very good for the league. Um, I think it's with great interest as to what next season will look like with a year you know, run into that. Um, there's, um, you know, there's expansion to consider. Um, so the impact of expansion. Um, so if there's two teams, then that means that everyone's going to play each team once and we will play one team three times. So you probably look at us and go, well, we're probably going to play the Jets in a third derby you know, there at um, uh, there in the Unite round, right? But does that to Melbourne City and, and and Melbourne Victory, does that make sense for you know for uh, Auckland and uh, and Wellington to play their third game now? I don't really know. So interesting um, to understand what um, Unite Round you know, Year Two will look like. And if Canberra doesn't come in, then there's one team that's going to miss out from playing. So so how do you decide which team doesn't uh, participate in Unite Round? So a few things there, and I think overall we just really want there to be a bit of meaning. You know, I'm, I'm pretty passionate that Unite Round is an opportunity for the league to, to, to unite football and to talk about all football coming together and, you know, get some free tickets out to grassroots participants, you know, get some, you know, get some real engagement with, with the FA, you know, and, and mend some own, uh, old wounds and use it for that. So I think in first year it was rushed. Yes, it was a grand final token bit, but, you know, long term, let's, let's really work hard and, and, and get this thing to make sense. So, yeah. So I think the uh, the million dollar question, quite literally, is uh, so who is on it? And are you getting a Brazilian, or are we bringing a Brazilian in? Yeah, apparently you spoke to RBB TV or something the other week, did you, Sean? And we were getting a Brazilian, but yeah, we weren't sure if that was a new sort of uh, waxing thing that you've got going on, or, or what the deal is. Oh, you know what? It was good to catch up with those boys. They sort of bailed me up at the end of the game, and I didn't know if they were going to hit me or hug me. Um, you know, so you can never but, tell. Uh, yeah. Yeah, and look, it's been years since I've actually uh, spoken to those guys, and they were t- obviously it was Tulio, and they were like, you know, hey, where do you guys keep finding these Brazilians? You know, we never get yeah you know, anything like that, and you guys think they're outside the box. 
And they're like, I bet you're going to get another Brazilian to replace us. And of course we are, man. Like, we've got to get heaps of wind up everywhere. You know, so, so taking the piss out of the boys is great. Um, you know, in particular, to just rub it in because their, their recruitment of foreign strikers is, is just uh, maybe a little below par. <laughs> A little. <laughs> I guess. I guess the question on everyone's lips while we're speaking of uh, Tulio is: Are you and is the club happy overall with how that whole situation went? Yes, absolutely. This is this is you know, a part of who we are. Uh, it is a business. We, everyone knows we're a selling club. Uh, but you know, every time you have these moments, you know, it does open the door for for others to come. So you know, so for Tulio to come and yeah, establish his you know reestablish his career and. And, and get onto a big contract over in Japan is is fantastic. It, it's you know financially makes sense for us as a club, and that example means that you know Torres comes to us looking for the same redemption story that's there. Um, so so there's a there's a there's a there's a bit of quality that comes uh, along the way with these players that uh, that gets us wins, and and at the moment it ticks a lot of boxes. And Tulio is such a fantastic person, such a great guy. We'd love to keep him forever, but there's a reality to the world and. And, uh, and there's a reality to, to football and, and our club strategy. So we can expect a couple of announcements over the next couple of weeks, I suppose, then? Well, I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful. It's not in my hands. Um, you know, get, get Matt Simon on the blower here and see what he, he disclises. Uh, <laughs> I, 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 I'm, I'm definitely hopeful that, um, you know, that, uh, that, that Mark Jackson and, and his new staff uh, get to show, you know, their first foray into the recruitment field. So just to be clear, you are not guessing a bazillion. <laughs> <laughs> no. Fair enough. Okay. Oh, yes. Did I say no or did I say yes? I, I, I confused myself. It's really hard to hear you. Yeah, it's a bit noisy. No, that's a <laughs> sure, 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 we'll, sure. We'll call and cancel the booking of Jim's mowing. <laughs> Jim's mowing. <laughs> <laughs> oh god well sean we will let you go i know it's just a couple of minutes till kick off down there for our girls in leichardt enjoy the game mate as we said stay dry and as always thanks again for uh, taking the time bud appreciate it guys cheers for having me on thank you cheers. thanks mate love you yeah. cheers bye love you too bye you're listening to the coast football ramble podcast you boys come up with a good question well, it is, of course, that time of the week where we answer your questions. And as always, uh, thanks for all your submissions coming across Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and the ccmfans.net forum. Uh, quite a few of them to get through this week. We'll get through as many as possible as we uh, as we tend to do. Starting with Johnny Needham on Facebook. Johnny says uh, that he thought it was a decent idea, but the Unite round seems to have been a financial and attendance failure, according to a report uh, that Johnny read, resulting in a lot of jobs being cut. On a scale of Nisbet to Malik Mane, how badly are the APL screwing Australian football and how bad do you guys think it could get before it gets better? It's a pretty heavy Malik Mane at the moment. <laughs> I was going to say, who is worse than Malik Mane? <laughs> uh, oh, God. Let's, let's not go through this again. Um, that's a t- yeah, that's... <laughs> a tough question, but yeah. it, Sam, needs, Sam, Sam it may Graham, need to be investigated Sam, because we are below Mane levels. Uh, you're somewhere at Sam Graham levels. Possibly. Oof. I probably shouldn't say that because... Sam Graham, you know, I haven't written him off enough over the years. <laughs> I think uh, I don't think the job cuts are directly related to your night round. But no, but yeah, there was there was no not, correlation. There. It's not great no, timing. The timing that was, that was crowd cuts. See, yeah. I, I initially thought that the job cuts that uh, that happened there because this was the three year sort of um, or it marked the three year period of the unbundling, and I thought that uh, the 
may have been an agreement with the Football Australia uh, at, that as part of the unbundling that they kept a certain amount of staff or they kept all their staff on board for a period of time. That sort of checked out to me, but it, it doesn't seem like that's the case. It seems it's more around their sort of content and, and keep-up teams. Yeah, which was just a phenomenal waste of money and, <laughs> and just, I mean, that's a whole podcast in itself, the issues around that. And But, yeah, I, I have a bit of a, like, stormy cloud, gloomy feeling about the future. The state of Australian um, football. Yeah, well, just, yeah, the, the league in general and, and I, it's, I don't know... I don't know where we're going. <laughs> I mean, Sean, <laughs> Sean, Sean seemed to say, you know, that it was a good thing. These redundancies, yep. the restructure has been a long time coming and he's, he's sick of them burning through cash. And, you know, I've been told as well that they were, they were throwing stupid cash at a lot of people from other organisations to jump ship and come across. Just horrendous mismanagement, mm. it uh, seems. And most likely all of those ones who put that strategy in place or mismanaged it probably still have a job mm. or have yeah. got very cushy jobs in Saudi Arabia. Except for maybe the one key leader, exactly, who's in South Saudi Arabia. Um, which So I'm feeling more positive about it now after hearing Sean's comments about it because that, that says to me that the changes that are obviously going on at APLI, we got rid of Danny and we've replaced him with other commissioners sharing the job etc we are making changes we have identified that there are problems we have realized that keep up cost too much and um, that was probably a bad decision um, we have obviously realized our resources are not um, sufficient to cover the staffing thing so so we're actively changing the game so you might say the new leadership is taking a direction that has to be positive it certainly can't be negative to reduce the amount of cost significantly when we're bleeding mm. um, money in the game. So, so yeah, I, I, you're right, Boise, but to be honest, haven't we been predicting gloom for the A-League since about... <laughs> I think so. Year six? <laughs> yeah, 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 since yeah, 20, 2011 or so. Something yeah. like that. Yeah. So. But then we went and won it in 2013 anyway and it was all sunshine and roses. And it's all good there. Except yeah. for it was, us it was who nearly went broke <laughs> ourselves. <Yeah. laughs> <laughs> 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 it's away from... The shame, the shame about the redundancies for me is, as Sean said, a lot of really, really people. good people that, that have lost um, lost their roles as part of this. Um, but it's also people that are at the coalface, right? It's, it's yeah. not the people who are in charge of making these decisions. It's not people that are at an executive level that are that are probably deservedly going you know so i feel i feel for the ones that have lost their job because they're just it's not their job to strategize it's their job to execute and they can't help that they're executing on a shit strategy so i feel at least the prime minister was sacked um yeah i'm, I'm glad i'm glad danny's gone yeah, um i mean you know, uh, that's a loose usage of the term went to saudi arabia but um <laughs> am i ever going to see your face again no way get fucked <laughs> fuck off who was worse him or Gallup? Ooh, uh, Danny Townsend by Country Mile. Gallup was shit, don't get me wrong, uh, but no, Danny Townsend was a complete and utter failure in every regard of everything that he tried to institute. I mean, look at his track record. The mm. New South Wales Grand Final deal, keep up. I mean, that's, there's 30 million reasons why he's worse right there. And the worst part was was that we all thought it was a positive when he came on board because he was a football person. Yeah. <laughs> so but it seems like he's come on board with the attitude that he knew it all and, and therefore Potentially. That, that's the yeah. direction. Whereas Gallup, his problem was he didn't really know enough about it and mm. we didn't like his sort of half-assed attempts to actually engage to find out what football really was about. Mm. So I forgot. I, until you mentioned him, I totally forgot that he was ever involved with football in Australia. There you go. Oh, well, he wasn't. I know, it was, it was, it was it's only, something I haven't thought about. It was only because <laughs> I, whenever that was, I went to that active support meeting yes, when yes. there was like bloody civil war. Yeah. 
and David Gallup was in the room <laughs> and just, oh, my God. Like there was there was there was almost an all in between like the victory active between like the NT yeah. and some bloody FFA like executives. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's full on. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> what a shame. Yeah. Andrew Kelso on Facebook this week says that he read somewhere before the victory game that this is our longest undefeated run since 2012. What is the record and will we beat it? Uh, he also goes on to say that we're going back to back. Well, I mean, that's a given, right? Uh, <laughs> Fair. It's, it's close. Our longest non-losing streak uh, was from the 2011-2012 season where we went uh, 15 matches unbeaten. It's not bad. That's a pretty good run from the uh, the 29th of October through to the 21st of uh, of January there. That's pretty good, 15 matches. So I got a little ways to go because I think we're on eight matches unbeaten in the A-League so far from counting correctly. I think it's 10 games unbeaten in all competitions and eight in the A-League. Um, so I've got a little ways to go there. We're going to do it? We're going to yep. do it. Yep. I see no reason why not. Yep. Uh, Nathan Seacombe asks, uh, when will the Mariners celebrate last season's Gosford 35 Seas North going through undefeated? Where is the parade around the stadium at a home game? Screw the parade at the stadium. Open bus parade, ticker tape parade down through the main street of Gosford, Moz. Double-decker bus? Yeah, 100%. Like the bus we did for uh, 2013? Yeah, yeah, exactly right. Yeah, Gosford Gosford deserve it. Jeez, wasn't that a time? (laughs) That was a a march, march and a half. That was, that's... I have to... Why did we not celebrate the same way last year? Yeah, because the players, uh, what was it? We had a long weekend and then pretty much the players went away on holiday the following week or something. So. Mad Monday, then they blew up the bloody party bus. Yeah, <laughs> Allegedly. 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 <laughs> yeah, I think we should have, but we just didn't really sort of get there, did we? We never got any steam after. We were too busy celebrating or not celebrating or... I want to know about this street parade, though. Someone tell me. I thought it was going to be in Narara. I thought that's where we were having it, Nathan. I told you it was going to be in Narara. It's going <laughs> past my place. But I could come up for as well. I'm up for that. I'm up Did for I, that. Oh, I just doxed myself. Yeah. I'm not sure if we're going to get... I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not sure if we're going to get the police out there to close the road, so it could be a bit of a traffic hazard. That's all right. I'll just, I'll just chuck a high vis on. I'll find a stop, <laughs> stop slow sign and just... Uh, I'll sort you out. No worries. <laughs> Scotty McGee on Facebook says, how do you feel we will cope with the shit ton of games coming up? I know we have quite good depth, but it seems the boys are going to be cooked. Valid. Uh, yeah, definitely. I mean, if, if we coped a month or so ago, given the league and all the travel and AFC Cup games, uh, I think we'll be okay. For this reason, we need to make signings of some description. Mm. They either need to be, we either need to bring in academy products that we think we can make the next step, or we need to make a couple of signings because even if it just boils down to num- sheer numbers mm. to spread that load over, mm. um, then then yeah, I feel like we um, we've been. I guess the other thing I'd say about that is we've been cooking this dish for a while now. The boys have played 10 games in not very long. Um, nothing like what we're facing. Oh, February's manic, isn't yeah. it? <laughs> but at the same time, we have been, you know, playing more than any or most of the other teams. Mm. So we are pretty fit and I expect that that'll you know, hold us in good stead. Um, but, yeah, we definitely need some more troops, I think. A good point that um, that uh, Jamie Downs mentioned to me, though, the other day when we were having a chat was um, we've got 15 games in the league left, so not counting AFC. Seven of those are in Gosford. Um, we've got a Sydney away and a MacArthur away and two in Newcastle. So we've only got four interstate 
uh, or Wellington games left. So I think the lack of travel in that sort of aspect will will help. I've, I think we've definitely have not been favoured by the draw this year in terms of some of the timings and, mm. and that sort of stuff. But in terms of the travel, mm. it's actually okay. For the for the run home, I think for it's the, definitely yeah. decent. And there's some there's some very gettable points in there. So yep. we, yeah, if we if we manage the load well, uh, then we could be looking at a pretty good points haul this year. Imagine starting that period from fourth place, eh? <laughs> hey, come on. <laughs> Who would have thunk it? Glenn Dwyer wants to know our thoughts on Unite rounds. Uh, Glenn read an interesting comment that he hadn't thought of before, that unlike NRL, we don't have masses of fans in club, masses of fans of clubs in other cities, so automatically the crowd is impacted. Um, yeah, I guess with the with the NRL, yeah. I think that's fair. It's concentrated in Sydney, right? I think you probably talk to every second person on the coast and they've got a team somewhere. It's not necessarily the team that's closest or it's just it's not as tribal as what football is naturally. That's exactly what it's, Glenn goes on to say yeah. as well, yeah, that we're, we're more tribal than NRL fans, so, you know, we, we don't want to be s- seen as supporting another side, aside from the Cove, of course, who... Uh, I hadn't actually <laughs> read that, so, but, yeah. 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 Well, yeah, and it's, it's weird because I know a couple of people from the coast who are football fans and support other A-League teams, mm. and... I really look down on that so hard. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know one who's an Adelaide fan. I know one who's a Wanderers fan. I've seen him. I've played against him locally. Did you seen kick him the shit out of him? Seen him play at Soccer Fives, and I've seen him at Wanderers games in a Wanderers jersey. Oh, what a gronk! And I know he is a born and bred coasty. Gronk is like, Rex. I'm like, he might have his reasons, and that's completely fine. But I look at that and go, no. Nah, it's like anyone who changes teams. Yeah, one hundred percent. Those, yeah. you know, those couple of thousand that used to wear sky blue who now wear red and black. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I think yeah, one hundred percent more tribal, and and yeah, you get you get the benefit in the NRL of you can probably put that magic ground almost anywhere, and mm. you would get a full crowd just about for yep. almost every game. Mm. But overall, like I said last week, I will give them a pass of sorts for United Round this year. Yep. Um, it was okay. The crowds were average outside of the games that were home games, essentially, mm. for Sydney and the Wanderers. Um, and it needs some tweaking on the scheduling. And, and, like, I don't understand why on the Sunday they had two games at the same time at separate stadiums. Well, they had Perth and Wellington playing at 7.45 on you a just, Sunday or 8, 8.15 on a Sunday yeah, or whatever yeah. it was. Isn't the, whole point, isn't the whole point you can go somewhere and you get two or three or four games of football mm. in one hit at one place? <laughs> My big disappointment actually was uh, the lack of activations around the stadium. I went to our game Allianz, of course, on, on Saturday. Um, there was... There was nothing. There was a, a little, a little sort of fenced-off area where um, some a couple of sponsors were inviting people to come in and and do some do some juggling. Um, but there was nothing. No food yeah. trucks. No. And music. we we spoke about this about our home games mm. the other week, Make saying that never, this is yeah. what we need to do with our home games more. I feel like we used to do a little bit. It's kind of fell by the wayside now. Wanderers away the other week when we went there. The amount of activations and stalls and trucks and stuff happening outside the stadium yep. was insane. Yep. The amount of little kids running around doing stuff and doing all of the activities was incredible. And then outside that Wanderers game where they played at Combank, which mm. is a home game, inverted commas, there was nothing. <laughs> not a thing. Yeah. <laughs> which is not up to them to do that, obviously, because it's not really their home game. No, it's the APLs. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But the, for what the Wanderers do for their home games is absolutely perfect. 
And that's what can change. And and Sean alluded to it a bit. Uh, I guess that's why he's positive about it is because we've we really have given ourselves a stunted start. Really, we can't. We we must have sat in a think tank for two days with the door locked, just to trying to come up with a way to wriggle out of the issue that we had with the grand final debacle. Um, came up with this. No proper organisation. No proper notice. No. Uh, proper information, no, you know, nothing that the fans could latch on to with a bit of future. Like, you know, we all talk at the start of the season, which away games are we going to do, when we're going to do them, are we flying here, there, whatever. No, can't do that when it's this disorganised. Um, yeah. Um, heard at um, the APLS FRG meeting that uh, there'd be no good them trying to help us with accommodation, no good trying to help us with flights, any of that kind of thing if it was an interstate travel scenario because it would actually work out more expensive better off to get on Webjet and, or whatever and, and get our pricing. But then later somebody um, planted a seed with me which was, that hang on a second, isn't it Destination New South Wales that is the key backer for this whole thing? So if we can't get better accommodation and better flight and better um, holiday and travel packaging stuff for our fans and we've got Travel New South Wales on board... Mm then I think we should disband Unite Round immediately because we've got no chance. Um, we're being yep. literally sponsored and, and supported by a group that specialises in travel. Um, so there's a lot that we can change. We can organise that activation stuff. We can make that carnival atmosphere that they want. We can have a look at what happened this time and change some of the things that were less good about it. Have a think about... Uh, what fans really might want to do, whether they do want to stay and watch a second A-League game and if they would, why would they want to watch the one that's coming on after? Or would there be a case for fans who want to be able to get on, uh, go to their own team's match, maybe see a second match, but get a third match in by catching a shuttle bus to a second stadium not far away and being able to see Go and watch the women or Women play, exactly. Yeah. Um, so there's a lot, I think, that can change. So we, it's a pretty average attempt at the start but I think there's something there in the concept that can that we can really expand on, you know. And I've I've seen some you know purists say, well, we shouldn't have one at all. It mm. just should be literally home and away, full 27 rounds or whatever it'll be when the two new teams come in. But I get that. That's okay if we end up sort of going down that path in the future. I don't mind Unite Round. I think it has legs. It just needs proper planning and work, which mm. it should have next year. And next year, how that goes will determine, I think, if it sticks. In yep. the future. Absolutely. Agree. I'll raise this next year. Jeremy Lumby says, in light of the recent events at APL headquarters, thoughts on how they got it so wrong that has seen a pile of cash burnt and now the reduction in staff. Is it just poor leadership by Danny Townsend or something bigger? Yes. 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 <laughs> um, how do they write the ship and move forward? Sean, uh, Sean did mention, of course, that uh, it looks like things, you know, they've made the right call by pulling the trigger essentially in... Uh, in uh, as few, so few words. Horrible trigger though. We were talking about 30 million. I think I read 40 million was closer to the number for the keeper. The keeper yeah. It just gets more of a horror story, really. Well, where did the uh, Silver Lake $140 million injection go? Mm. Someone want to someone wanna share those uh, details? Oh, Danny's taking it to Saudi. <laughs> Was in his redundancy package. He didn't. He, <laughs> mate, he didn't fly commercial. <laughs> no, <laughs> front of the plane for old Danny. <laughs> Bought a jet, actually. <laughs> Flew himself. Dean Elphick says, "What will be the biggest barrier to us going back to back? But if we do, who or what will be the biggest contribution to our success?" Biggest barrier: a poor January transfer window. Mm-hmm. Okay. If we don't. If we don't nail the transfer window, ins and outs, actually. Mm. Uh, that will 
hurt us. I, I actually think from a from a footballing perspective, it is easier to go back to back this season. I think so as well. Sorry, I, sorry. It's easier to win the league this season than what it was last season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, I agree, one hundred percent. I think we'll see a bit more stability in this window than we saw in in the off season. I think hypothetically, if Faz stays till the end of the season, that definitely helps things. Having a steady back four there, um, I don't think we'll we'll lose too much. I think we spoke about you know windy probably moving on this window. Unfortunately, as as sad as it is to see, but other than that, I don't really see too much more movement. I think the impediment, though, is the amount of football that we've played and whether or not we can keep up the momentum long enough to get to the end because I don't know whether you can do it for 12 months solid and mm. we it's been a hard ask and it continues to be a hard ask in the foreseeable future, but then in about March and April when the whips are cracking, will we have what's needed left after the amount of football that we've played? That's the big risk for me. Yeah, I think we're half a shout. I think in terms of the biggest contribution to us succeeding, um, you know, if if we go back to back, you've got to take your hat off to Jacko, right? He comes into a, a squad that's been you know, fairly well decimated by transfers. You know, half that grand final winning squad leaving comes in a month before the season kicks off. You know, has a slow start and then turns it around. We're going undefeated for the rest of the year, baby. Oh, for sure. Yeah, it's fair. <laughs> and on the pitch, I think it's Torres. Yeah. He's positioned himself as the, you know, redemption story. He looks like he's got the um, attributes that you might require to do that. Question is there for him. Biggest contribution is in the uh, 10 roll. Yeah, I think that's a fair call yeah, too. Good shout, yeah. yeah. Uh, Dave Bloom actually slid into my DMs last night uh, with a <laughs> with a bit of a morrow review, uh, reviewing specifically I'm your performance. A lot of shit recently. Performance at Soccer Fives <laughs> last night. <laughs> um, so he's, he's given me a couple of things here. Uh, firstly, should have been a diving header. He hasn't given me any context around this. But, oh, uh, no. <laughs> oh. Um, personally, I think it should have been a foot volley, Bloomy, but somehow I went for the header. Oh, no. I don't know. Oh, no. Anyway. Oh, no. What sort of height was it? <laughs> I think by the time I met it, probably about 18 inches. <laughs> but anyway. <laughs> so you just stooped. You haven't actually gone for the diving head. Oh, no. At no stage did I contemplate the foot, but I should have <laughs> at every stage. <laughs> uh, not a frequent defender, apparently. Um, and also, it's boring when Moz subs off. He then goes back to say, correction, does defend, glorious headed clearance and distribution. No cranky pants this week. <laughs> <laughs> good review. Nice, nice. I'm Weekly like... review would be good, Jimmy, <laughs> by the way. Uh, there's nothing good about the review of our match. We lost heavily. Oof, oh, yeah, well, say less. <laughs> Literally one. say less. Yes. <laughs> Matthew Brewster on Twitter wants to know if Matt Hatch would be a possibility of coming back in the January window. Was he gone? He's uh, he's just signed for Sydney United, actually. Yeah, so that's yeah. a day. Yeah, it's a shame. I, I mean, like, I'd, I'd have him. As a squatty, definitely. It's not the worst option. Yeah, yeah I'd give him a crack again. Yeah. Um, but no, he's, he's just signed for Sydney United. So we will see him at Plume in, uh, in round one on the 17th of February in the NPL. Yeah, and he did that, you know, got that move to Perth. And I think we can pretty confidently say he did not want to go. No, um, he wanted, yeah, he wanted to stay. He yeah. wanted to stay. Mm. Took it because that was what was available as yeah. you would as a young player it was, it like was a two, him two year deal he needed a bit of extra sort of security there yeah. so hardly saw a minute of uh, game time unfortunately for him mm. um, but yeah hope he goes well at Sydney United but I don't think he'll be back yeah I think he'll, he'll, he'll kick on and do well in the NBL this season actually so mm. um, obviously back living on the coast as well so um, yeah it's uh, much happier it seems 
the guy who did something on Twitter says, can we change Bay 16 to a proper standing bay and add some rain cover? I think he means a roof. Wouldn't that be a novel idea over Bay 16, fellas? Roof would be lovely. <laughs> We've you been saying for 17 years. Reaching to the choir. Absolutely there. We would love a roof. Very well aware that it, how much it would help with acoustics and, uh, and make it a more attractive, active area. In terms of... Uh, changing it to a proper standing bay. These are conversations that the club has had for the last uh, couple of seasons there. So wait, see. Can we use the Tulio money? <laughs> no, I think someone said it, it was spent on Brad Tapp. Uh, <laughs> money Tappy. I saw him driving that uh, Ferrari as well. <laughs> Is he worth it? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, please. <laughs> Uh, and Maddie McGurr on Instagram wants to know, uh, well, he says, my young fella wants to know how and why Faz and Niz aren't in that Socceroos squad ahead of Bayich. Uh, Arnie question. picked his boys and that was it. Yeah, Faz not being picked is criminal. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm all for Jordy Boss being our starting left back at the moment. He's mm. fantastic. Mm. Um, but Faz should absolutely be there over Bayich, in my view. Who was the bolter? And how Beige started, actually, in that game <laughs> the other night over Boss. Who knows? Yeah, yeah. Now, who was the bolter? I feel like there always should be a bolter. Um, Garang was it? Like, was at the World Cup. Mm. Azani. If you re- <laughs> <laughs> Which way was he bolting? <laughs> Four straight, or away? <laughs> straight through the back of Faz. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. No, I just feel like um, there was an opportunity there to get past the old guard and... Um, Pick a player when he's in form. We did that with Garang. Mm-hmm. Um, Arnie did that with Garang. So why not with Faz? Missed opportunity. Looking ahead to this weekend, of course, our Mariners return to our paradise at Industry Group Stadium there. Uh, another double header this week, fellas. Uh, first game is uh, the curtain raiser, of course. The men taking on Melbourne City. Before the women, of course, take on the Wanderers. Short trip up the road for the Wanderers there. Um, fellas, how are we feeling about uh, both of these games? Easy money, isn't it? For the men. <laughs> Seems like it. Oh, mate, they're there for the taking, huh? Now's the Jamie time. McLaren over unders more than five touches. <laughs> I want credit for bringing McLaren into my fantasy team. He got five touches against yeah, the Wanderers. That's why I want credit because it's me who has stopped any kind of attempts at form from and him. And one or two were from kickoffs. <laughs> two, two from kickoffs. Two yeah. from the start of each, one from the start of each half of them after the Wanderers scored. Yeah, yeah. So this is something I was chatting about while watching the game as well. Surely, if he's not getting service, why isn't he dropping deep like like we used to see from Cummings or, or Tulio to to try and get some touches on the ball to try and inject himself into the game. He's just he doesn't he doesn't want to bar it. He seemingly. just jogs around up the top and doesn't do a lot. And then uh, and it sounds stupid to say because he is the record goal scorer for the league and mm. he will go down in history as a legend, rightly or wrongly. But I said I said this then when it was towards the start of the season or the first time that we played him, he's best footballing attribute is his brain. <laughs> he just gets in the right spots, feeds off the service mm. of very good wingers, which they do tend to have at Melbourne City more often than not, mm. um, and finds himself in the right spots in the box to get goals. And and he is a bit of a flat-track bully as well, I think, but um, doesn't add a lot to general play like a Cummings does, I think. And 
I could be totally wrong, but I just, I yeah, he had five touches even, in a full even, game. Even when he came off, though, they brought on Max Caputo, um, who I thought might have tried to inject himself into the game a bit more. But no, he he did exactly what McLaren was who, doing. Who had about what he had like half an hour or something. I think half an hour, twenty five minutes. Got more touches than Jamie McLaren. <laughs> but he still he still wasn't dropping deep, dropping like, between the lines or anything like just, that to try and get on the ball. It's just yeah. So if if he keeps playing like that. We'll be fine. <laughs> well, but <laughs> as Pete just pointed out, apparently he always scores at Central Coast Stadium. So yep, we don't like that. The thing, the thing about McLaren is all about that service because um, you know I think you just described the textbook for nines that be in the right place at the right time and don't compromise anything else to be in the right place at the right time. Um, and you know if you look at his parent club, um, then they got the biggest striker in the world and a number of ways, and that's how he plays as well. Don't really see him in the you know lead up play, but he's always there at the right time in the six yard box. Yeah. So, so it seems that he doesn't have the kind of service that um, he needs, um, as opposed to him you know needs to build it. Cummings he had a different kind of a style um, and, and brought himself into the play. He's not, he's not the only striker McLaren not to involve himself. So I don't blame him for that. But I don't I think they're weaker than they have been. In, oh yeah, in yeah their ability to serve that. So Arslan is the best. Uh, Arslan, Arslan Natal as well is is yeah. is a player there. Also, Saki scored that bomb. Oh yeah, um, <laughs> the other week as well. So it's it's yeah. I that they they are not what they were. No, no. I mean, even Jamie Young, who they brought in uh, to replace Tom Glover this indifferent, season, he's hey. been less than indifferent, mate. He's he's yeah. coughed up a lot of errors. He's been super error prone. I don't know. Um, if maybe his best has passed him by, he's passed his peak. He's had a lot of years in the A-League now, but um, he's been... I dropped him very quickly from my fantasy team, let's say that. Mm. Yeah, but it, it'll be interesting to see how Mark Jackson goes with starting 11 this week, assuming Tappy's going to come straight back in, mm. back into the midfield, Niz to go back up into that higher position. Yep. Um, I'm starting Jing, I'm going to call it. If, starting, if, yeah, okay. if it was me, I would start Jing, reward him for his efforts and the goal against the victory mm. um, and keep a low on his toes mm-hmm. um, and see what he can do off the bench off, yeah. towards the end of the game if needed. Um, but that winger spot, Thea Harris, do you, do you swap Torres? Do we put Torres on the right and start a Smiggles left wing? I don't think we do, but oh, th- there's, yeah, there's, there's, a few, a there. there's a few options there. I think he goes with Theo Harris again to give him another start. I'm going with game Theo, time. yeah. I probably would. So, but a, a big game for Theo Harris for me. Mm. I kept on harping on about him, but we've re-signed him. We obviously see something. Now's the time to show me why we've re-signed him. That's fair, yep. But I think he can be capable of it. Melbourne mm. City are now in opposition that we can in, sort of, you know, not think we have to lock everything down, we can have a crack at them. Um, yeah. So we should have confidence. He should have confidence. Not a 6-1 repeat, I don't think, but <laughs> I will say a 2-1 us. 2-1 us? I'm going to say 2-1 us too, and Jamie McLaren is going to score. Please, Jamie, because I'm not <laughs> taking you out of my fantasy team again. Archer. I can't bring him in and then take him out. See, I've got McLaren and Arslan in there as well, so I'm like, oh, do, what do I do, right? 2-1 us, Jamie McLaren goal, Tolgay Arslan assist. Uh, <laughs> For your fantasy team. Yeah. Angel Torres double. <laughs> Actually, you know what I'll do? I'll back Thea Harris for a goal this weekend. You're bringing him into your fantasy team? No. <laughs> <laughs> Perhaps I'm giving away too much here, but I did. 
Did you? Really? Well, he's the natural replacement he is, to me. He is, yeah. That's Julio's That's position. Yep. So I'm looking for a player who's going to start because I'm not having a, <laughs> It's not working for me at the moment. <laughs> Mate, it was not a good round. I think the average <laughs> score across the uh, the entire fantasy league was 93 uh, points this week. I only got 64 or something myself. It was a tough week for everyone. Yeah, I wish I got 64. You just cracked the 50. <laughs> <laughs> Five zero. That's disgraceful. You know, it's, you know it's dire straits when you've got Jack Clinton be carrying your fantasy team, right? <laughs> <laughs> Jack Clisby and Ben Halloran, the only two players to score double digits this week. But uh, is what it is. What about the tipping? Got to go for something positive. No. No. <laughs> no talk about the tipping. <laughs> what about the tipping? <laughs> wrap, it I'll, I'll <laughs> wrap it up. I'll, I'll bring it up once I get a little bit more I'm going to play him off. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually a long time since you've turned my microphone off. <laughs> yeah, it's been too long, I think. That's, that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> <laughs> Got him. <laughs> well, that is just about all we have time for this week on the Coast Football Ramble Podcast. As always, thank you all so much for tuning in. Uh, but um, until we see you on Sunday, love you. See ya. Bye. At the pub in Adelaide. Sure. No? Don't, well, that, it was early in the night. I was pissed at the new. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <wait. laughs>